want to talk to you today about electric vehicles. I got an uh, electric vehicle in January of last year, so I've had it about a year and a half now. Um, it's been great. I think one of the surprises around it was how I, th I thought I'd have more problems with running out of uh, battery, and that hasn't really happened yet. Um, a couple times I've gotten really close. I thought for sure I would have run out by now. Um, I remember back in high school, I used to um, almost run out of gas all the time. You know, you'd always have just enough money to throw in $5. And back then, that was a lot of money to put into a tank. So that, that hasn't happened yet, and I'm um, pleasantly surprised about that. There's actually some features built into the electric vehicle that start to slow down and decelerate. You, take, you lose some propulsion uh, functionality. The radio, yeah, it asks if you want to turn the radio down. And so it starts to do some things to try to slow down your energy usage and um, minimize the chance of you actually running out. So I think I've gotten it down to like four or three miles on the battery. So overall, it's been a um, really great experience. Um, so I'm going to go through a couple positives and, and a few negatives with electric vehicles and then tell you some work I was doing at um, Rockwell Collins to promote electric vehicles. First off, uh, there's a little confusion around electric vehicles in terms of the environmental impact. So they don't use fuel, so that's a good thing. However, they still use electricity, and depending on where you live, that could be very dirty energy, depending on the source of where, you, where your region gets the, their energy from. So if it's primarily from coal, then you're still promoting a you know, coal-based fuel. If you're in an area like Portland, where you get a lot from hydro, um, then it's a little bit cleaner, but there's still a certain amount of, of coal that's being used or um, natural gas, uh, very little solar still, um, at least not you know, a significant amount of the usage. And so that is a, um, the sources are not as green as you might think. The idea with electric vehicle is that eventually if you were to have solar panels on your house, then you could charge at, um, well, you wouldn't be able to charge at night. Um, you'd have, you could at least offset during the day some of your energy usage with the solar, and then overall it would be a cleaner source. But the electric vehicle itself is not necessarily a, a green vehicle other than it's not using fuel or gasoline. And so then you have some options with electricity to find other alternative sources. So that's a little confusion, uh, a little bit of confusion there. The, there is some benefit though. Um, there is less pollution, so you're not burning fuel. And so there isn't any kind of uh, residue coming out of your exhausts or the, um, the tailpipes. And then um, that a lot of that oil and stuff that comes from vehicles ends up getting into our waterways. It gets um, left on the roads, we have storms, that drains into the river systems and just pollutes it. So in that sense, it is also very clean uh, or cleaner than a traditional vehicle. Um, one of the first things I did was I was trying to understand how my vehicle gets, uh, consumes the battery uh, life. And I, had, I struggled a little bit with how it would fluctuate. It does, it's not the same as like driving a vehicle where you see the uh, fuel gauge pretty consistently uh, change. Um, now that you can actually see the exact miles left remaining on your 
battery, then it's um, you can kind of monitor that as it, as it goes. And when in a traditional vehicle, you might not see that unless you have better diagnostics. But um, I actually had to run some experiments, a designed experiment to figure out what drives the battery usage the most. And what I end up figuring out is it has a lot to do with the, the terrain. And so there's certain parts of my commute where I can see the battery just completely drop. And it's usually trying to go uphill um, a significant amount of you know, distance. If it's short hills, it doesn't seem to matter too much, but you know, those uh, larger hills, that definitely eats away at the battery life. Sometimes on the way back down a hill, um, I can regain it so it regenerates some battery power so I can actually add back onto the, bat the battery, but um, usually just going up the hill, depending on the commute, that's where I noticed the most. The second thing was the air conditioning. So that had quite a bit of influence on that. So when I played around with the high and low settings for the air conditioning, it really made a big difference. Not so much where whether it was on or a little bit on, even just a little bit on at the lowest setting uh, makes a difference. And so I rarely use the air conditioning unless it's super hot out. So that was pretty interesting. I didn't really expect that to be um, a significant driver that it was of the, of the battery life. From a cost standpoint, um, here's another advantage. It was much cheaper to get an electric vehicle with all the incentives and rebates, and maybe that's just Oregon. But uh, right now I pay $160 a month to lease it for three and a half years, which is very inexpensive. And then to charge my vehicle, I haven't tracked this exactly. I need to put a meter up on my um, home charging station. And all I've got is just the regular um, system that comes with the vehicle. So it just plugs into the wall. So it's a very slow uh, level one charging station but I didn't have to install anything. I just plugged in the wall and then I have it. When I get home, I just plug it in. So it takes, you know, 12 hours to charge it from nothing to full, but a lot of cases I can get eight or 10 hours on it and that can get me, you know, to wherever I need to go. So my commute was about 45 miles and that, you know, 90% of the time, 95% of the time I could get back and forth with eight or 10 hours of charging. So then the actual charging costs themselves were, you know, if you have assumed 10 cents a kilowatt, uh, I think it was like 17 kilowatts is a full charge. So you're looking at $1.70, $1.90, something like that. And it was, uh, I didn't charge every night. So comparative to getting gasoline, it'd be the equivalent of like a gallon of gas a day. Um, so I think that's, was less, much less than what I was using in my uh, old vehicle. And I had a Prius, so I was getting really good gas mileage, but uh, still saving money on fuel. And the lease payment was fairly inexpensive. The other nice thing I didn't anticipate was not having to stop at a gas station. Uh, and you don't have to stop that often usually unless you have a long commute. But uh, you know, not the, the times I've driven my, my old Prius again, and I had to go get gas, it was kind of like, oh, this this isn't any fun. Sitting here, you know, and in Oregon, you can't pump your own gas, so you're just kind of sitting there. But um, yeah, that's that's five, 10 minutes out of your day that um, is kind of a, a hassle. And you gotta coordinate, when should I stop and go get the gas? So 
So it's, you know, it's nice to pass by the gas station and not feel like you have to stop there. The other thing that was pretty nice is that it's pretty fun to drive. It's got a lot of torque and I'm not a big, like, fast car driver. So I don't really try that out or really test out how fast it is. But you can tell there's a, if you wanted to jump, uh, drive around and accelerate really quickly, you can do that in the vehicle. And so some people are really interested in that part of electric vehicles. They don't care necessarily about the environmental impact, but they like the, the speed and the quickness of an electric car. There's also less maintenance, so that's a better long-term cost savings. So your total cost, which is something we look at from a lean perspective, is what's the, what, not what the purchase price is, but what's the total long-term cost. That can be much less expensive over the long run when you're not having to get the oil replaced or having you know things mechanical things wear out it's a lot more electrical aspects of it so it doesn't wear out and so that's really nice too and again because of all the rebates and incentives and so there are some national ones in the u.s plus there's state level ones um, it really brought brings the price down and makes it uh, affordable it's also nice you get some preferred parking so a lot of lot, a lot of locations here in oregon have uh, EV parking. I'm actually at a hotel uh, charging up here before one of my classes and uh, yeah I pull up an app and I can look to see all the charging stations in the area and then some are available for for free or some are available certain during certain times. Some are off limits for employees. Well, maybe they're just employees only during work hours but there's a lot of them that offer free charging and in fact the downtown Portland has been a really big help because it's about halfway through my commute or um, if I ever get stuck I know I can go to downtown and I can charge up. They're actually going to go switch at that and, and start charging for that but they've had that for a couple years to try to incentivize people to get vehicles. So, that, so having those charging stations nearby or somewhere along my drive has been really helpful. But even, even so when I go places I can usually park up near the front because there's an electric vehicle charging station. And we'll, we'll see how the uh, value is retained. And I, again, I didn't purchase the vehicle, so it's just leased. But it seems like part of the, the, the reduction in the cost of the lease is because it's going to retain its value for a while. So they can resell it at a pretty good price afterwards when I turn it back in. Some of the negatives, if you really wanted to, if you had a long commute and you are driving a lot during the day and you have to go if you're going back and forth from your house and you need to charge back up again you probably have to get a charging station um, if you only go to work and back and your commute can get there and back on a full battery charge then uh, you probably don't need anything special you can just stick with the level one but if you do have to install that that's a little pricey i think there's probably four or five hundred dollars plus installation costs so you're probably looking at a thousand bucks at least there is that risk of running out of battery, but as I mentioned, it hasn't happened to me yet. Um, the first couple weeks was a little iffy. You weren't, you're being, I was being very conservative until I really understood, you know, how far can 10 miles get me? How far is 20 miles? Where am I at? Is, is that going to get me there? So just kind of learning that takes a, a couple weeks to get the hang of. And then after that, I felt more com comfortable. So we, I'd pick up my wife and we'd stop somewhere for dinner. And I might be low, but I said, you know, I, I'm, I'm comfortable. Even though there's eight miles left, I know I can get home from here. So those types of things, it just takes some time to get familiar with. 
Um, if you live in a place that doesn't have a lot of infrastructure, that doesn't help. Um, it's not a deal breaker, but it definitely it was nice to have different spots in town that I know if I ever get in trouble with low battery, I know where I can pull off and, and charge up. And usually on the, um, like off the highway, you definitely want to be looking for a fast charge station. So a level three where you've got, um, you know, full charge in like 30 minutes. I think that does wear your battery out a little bit if you're constantly using the level three charger because it's so intense. But um, when you're, you know, in the middle of a commute or something like that, I can, you know, easily give up 30 minutes of my time. But if you go to like a level two, it, it can be three or four hours before it charges up. And that's not something very convenient. So usually um, I'll try to find the level three. And then even if I can just charge up for 10 minutes, that can get me enough to get home. Uh, but again, I, it was rare that it maybe once a month I'd have to pull over and find that spot to to um, charge up fully. So for the level two charging stations, um, it's convenient if you're going somewhere already, like you're going to a place to eat and they have a charging station there. You can just plug into it and you get, you know, 10 more miles onto your battery. But to, to use that as a source to power up um, doesn't work very well. It does work pretty well if it's where you work at. Then you can leave it when you get to work, charge it up, and at lunchtime you can come back out and it's fully charged. So it works well for a business. It doesn't really work well for um, fueling up and, and where you're just waiting there. If you're off doing running errands and doing something else, then it's it's helpful. So at Rockwell, what we were doing was um, trying to incentivize employees to switch over to electric vehicles. And so First thing that we did was did a electric vehicle show and tell. And so basically we had the people who own electric vehicles have their vehicles up front over the lunch period and just open the doors up, open the, the hood, open the um, vehicle up so you could kind of look at it, get inside, sit in it, ask questions of the people who own the cars. You know, how far does it go? Um, what's your commute like? How often do you have to charge? What's your charging station at home? All those the same questions I'm talking about here but you can talk to other employees about that. So that's something you could set up. If you have people who are who have electric vehicles at your work, then set up a, a show and tell. And just, again, give them, give your other employees a resource and a person to go talk to. So that's great networking. And it also, you know, gives the employee some kind of an extra boost in their, you know, skills and, and they're kind of more sought after and so there's employee engagement that goes along with that. And I saw a lot of interest from our engineering community around electric vehicles because they wanted to learn about the technology and how does this work and, and the, kind of all the details of that. And so looking for topics that are of interest was um, is really important as, in far, as far as running a green team. And so that was something that I noticed really did get a lot of attention. We were able to get uh, two charging stations put in and um, the, one of the things we did to try to figure that out is I went around the parking lot and actually looked at every vehicle and tried to figure out how many, you know, uh, high fuel efficient or hybrids are in the parking lot because we thought that might be an indicator of how many people would be potentially switching to an electric vehicle at some point. So I think I ended up finding, you know, we had three current, three or four current electric vehicle owners and then maybe like 20 different people who had hybrids or fuel efficient vehicles 
And so from that, we were trying to get an idea of how many people might switch over to electric vehicles in the future. You know, should we have two stage uh, charging stations? Should we have four? So we didn't do a lot of, there wasn't a whole lot of research that I could find around, you know, looking at how many high, you know, fuel efficient vehicles will translate into electric vehicles, vehicles at some point. But, um, over the last nine months or so, since the charging station has been up, uh, I think maybe one person has, has gotten a vehicle, but I, I'm not too surprised with that. I would expect that over the, over the next year or so that will start to grow and people can't just immediately get out of their current vehicle and switch over. So it's going to take some time. And so I think, uh, overall, I think it's been a really good exercise. It took a lot of work to get the charging station. It was something we were talking about for a couple years. Um, and just to work through the paperwork and the, you know, where do we put it? And, and sometimes you have to change the concrete out front, but we really wanted it to be in a prominent place so that it got some visibility and, you know, sends a good message when people are coming up to the, to the entrance of the building. So that's a summary of electric vehicles. Um, if you have any questions about that, feel free to reach out to me. Um, you can go to leansixsigmaenvironment.org and you can um, contact me through that page and ask me questions and I'd be happy to answer that or maybe point you in the right direction. But uh, if you have the opportunity to, to switch to an electric vehicle, I highly encourage it. Um, it's definitely hasn't been, um, there's a lot of unknowns going into it, but I kind of trusted that there would be um, solutions to it. It was gaining popularity and, and I've been pretty happy so far. So thanks and I'll talk to you next time.